Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. I am your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on our show, Genesis Gibson. This is a very special bonus episode as she is a gymnast for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, from Prosper, Texas. I'm excited to feature Genesis on the podcast because there are many similarities between the sport of wrestling and the sport of gymnastics. I also found her journey to be very similar to that of a wrestler or one that any individual competing athlete might encounter. In this episode, we dive in about her injuries, finding her way back from those injuries, and also making the Ecuador national team. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Genesis Gibson. All right, I am here with Nebraska Cornhusker gymnast Genesis Gibson. Genesis, how's it going? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for taking some time to stop by and chat yeah, with some gymnastics. Yeah. Typically, um, you know, I bring some wrestlers on here, but um, I thought it would be nice. Um, you came with Jagger the other day, and it, we talked about it, and I thought it would be nice to give some perspective about your story and, and you know, your competition and what you guys do as athletes. Cause, yeah, absolutely. You know, from a country perspective, the, the U.S. gymnastics team is like – you know. Oh yeah, everyone. You know, all, <laughs> all, all over the Olympics, like oh, yeah. I watch gymnastics. Yeah. You know? So I thought this would be a good good opportunity to kind of go a little deeper and explain what they're actually watching. <laughs> you know, a yeah. little bit. So, um, so you're from you're from Prosper, Texas. Yes. Um, what's the gymnastics scene like down there? So I actually was at a club that was in Frisco, Texas, which was just a town over. Um, you know, Nastia Lukin uh, mm-hmm. trained there. Madison Koshian, you know, Olympians. That are very well known mm-hmm. um, come out of this gym, and so that's kind of where I've trained my entire life since I was six. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And you just you just like did your parents just put you in it and just say okay? Yeah, let's and see it was you. kind of a total coincidence. Like usually, like people will move down to Frisco or that area to put their kid there, but we just happen to like be there. We just happen to live there, and mm-hmm. you know, being in Prosper in two thousand three, or my mom was just like. Um, you know, there's not much to do out here because it was just still like, you know, trying to be built up and everything. Mm-hmm. And she found this brochure of like gymnastics classes <laughs> or whatever. And she's like, I guess I'll just throw her in there for a little bit. Um, and little did she know. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> How much money would be spent in gymnastics? <laughs> Which is a is, it's a lot. I mean, oh, it's it's a lot. Yeah. The leotards and the grips, yep. the tiger paws, tape, pre-wrap, I mean, everything. <laughs> yeah. Did you have like your own little set, like a balance beam when you, as you kind of got older? Oh, yeah. Did you get like, I, I feel did like you vault whatever. onto the couch and stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I feel like every like little girl gymnast, like all they want for Christmas is like that low beam yeah. or, you know, a little bar set. Mm-hmm. And that was just like the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. So you got one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, my mom sold them, like, actually, like, last year. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Whenever I left. <laughs> oh, that's sad. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and bars, is that's is that kind of your, that's, that's kind of your thing. thing is that's bars. my thing. Yeah? That's your thing? <laughs> it is my thing. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, so, just so everyone knows, you're 5'7", you're mm-hmm. and that is tall. Is tall for a gymnast. It's tall for a gymnast. Yes. What what kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Struggles or adversities do you have coming in being a tall gymnast, especially when you're you're going on bars? 
Yeah, so that's definitely not, like, a typical thing that you would expect. I mean, most gymnasts, like, max height, maybe 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, mm-hmm. um, and would they do normally bars? Like, is that typical? Do the taller, would I they mean, do bars? Sometimes, but, I mean, they would be better on, like, beam or floor, mm-hmm. vault, like, other ones. Um it's pretty much any of them but bars. Pretty <laughs> much. I mean, especially just because of how close the bars are together, mm-hmm. you know? How you, close are they? Mm, that's actually a good question. <laughs> but there's different settings. So, mm-hmm. like, elite setting is FIG setting, which is they're actually even closer. Right now, thank God, um, we can actually separate them wider because we're in college, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter our setting. But, yeah. And how tall is the tall bar? If you had to guess. I literally have no idea. Yeah. Like, I, there is, like, like, nobody's ever told me how high they are. But <laughs> they just say well, going. Actually, because there's different settings of how high or low you put them. Mm-hmm. But if I were to assume, okay, I would think it would be eight or nine feet mm-hmm. tall. My assumption. Yeah. And <laughs> I really hope I'm not like way off. <laughs> and then how close is, so then how tall is the shorter, the shorter bar? Probably about... Like three feet lower than that. Yeah, I would assume so. You know, like five, six feet. Yeah, so, so, five feet or so. Let's give or take. I would say like five and a half feet. Five and a half feet. So you are taller than the lowest bar. Yeah. And what kind of what does what kind of challenges does that present? The lower bar. Yeah, going from the tall bar to the low bar, and you're you're taller than that, so your feet obviously can't touch. Right. So whenever we do a giant, we basically Mm -hmm. have to like pike down. Um, And then I actually have to straddle my legs as well. Like some gymnasts just pike down slightly. Nope. I got to do the pike and the straddle. (laughs) So you have to stretch your legs apart. (laughs) Right. Like as I'm doing the giant over the bar. Dang. Yeah. So you kind of have to maneuver around that Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And... Jeez, so a pike, explain what a pike is. Is that when you fold yourself in half? Yes. That's the pike. So like your your feet are together mm-hmm. and pointed mm-hmm. and your feet are touching. Okay. Yes, that's a pike. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your, wait, what would you say okay, your feet but, are okay, touching? On bars, it's a little bit different okay. in terminology, but <laughs> um, it's just like slightly piking. Okay. So like if your hands are, you know, on the high bar, mm-hmm. your body is flat out, but your legs are just slightly piked down. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you do from the top bar to the bottom bar right do you have like a certain routine that you do yes now do you the routine is that just what you work on the entire time do you ever like switch it up like from one meet to another or do you basically knock down the routine and that's the only one you do the whole season so in college you you got your one routine you Mm -hmm. train that you got to hit that every weekend same thing same thing every weekend you just got to Hit what you got and stick with it. Yeah. Much. Because because in college, all you need is like your pretty much the ultimate goal is like get your gymnast up there, make it as simple as possible. Like, do not give the judges anything to deduct. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna make it as simple as possible while still maintaining the requirements needed. Mm-hmm. But as you know, just making it flat out, like having as less deductions as possible. What are the requirements? Uh, it's different for every event. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I do bars, I know. Um, so, yeah, for bars, what would be your requirements that you have to hit? So, well, okay, it's kind of different. I, <laughs> it's just a lot of different mm-hmm. things. But I know my routine, I have I have two Ds that are connected together. And I know in a beam routine, you also need two Ds, uh, which are like value leveled of skills. Um 
So I do a Maloney pack, which is a DD connection, and that gets me pretty much all of my bonus that I need because it's a hard combo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you have to have a dismount. You have to have a mount, simple things like that. You have to Mm -hmm. have a turning connection on the bar, which for me would be my pirouette. Um, So, yeah. A turning connection, that's when, like, you come to the top, you let go with one and, like, spin yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So that'd be yeah, like the pirouette. Yeah, that's and then, yeah. so yeah, I'm, well, I'm thinking like a, when I watch beam, you know, I know they have to have a spin on the beam, yes. you know, or turn. Y- yep, a full turn. Yes. And so, um, yeah, uh, all around they have to have like a certain amount of tumbles, passes. Yeah, I so guess, actually, you could say. fun thing you point that one out. Um, in elite and in JO, you actually have to have three passes. In elite, you actually. Most of the time, you're going to need four. Mm-hmm. Um, back in college, or like, I guess whenever you get to college, you actually only need two, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and collegiate athletes can also do three if they would like. If they would like. Right. So, so they don't They don't have to. They don't have to, but I mean, people choose to. Yeah? Yeah. What, what would be the benefit of doing that? Well, Does- I mean, if you do some passes that are easier mm-hmm. and then you have more endurance to do like a harder pass or whatever and fit in like certain type of dance or maybe the gymnast is stronger at tumbling mm-hmm. and you know if you're going to put in two a two pass routine maybe the gymnast is stronger with their leaps jumps and their dance you want to show show like really show it off to the oh, judge okay. and be like mm-hmm. oh I can dance you know I can yeah. do my turns my leaps beautiful it really stands out to the judges um so, yeah, I mean, it's really just what really works for that one gymnast. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So Everyone's like, different. Yeah. So if you're if you're not, say, you're not the strongest uh, pass or the, the tumble. If you're not you know, a stronger tumble, you're going you're gonna to want to lean on the more compulsory part and the more dance and mm-hmm. leaps, yeah. the turns. Um, and if you're stronger with tumbling, you're going to want to show that off. And you'll be like, I can tumble. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how many passes would you do? Mm, I would pick two, 100%. Two? Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you must be a good dancer then, I take it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually unfortunate that I don't do floor because I love to dance. Like, I love <laughs> the floor part of mm-hmm. it, and I'm actually a really good, like, turner. Um, I, I have a re- really difficult turn on floor that I did. I did um, a double leg up horizontal turn. Um, so that's actually, like, pretty difficult and elite even. So... Um, yeah, I I wish I could do that, but um, I do do a um, full leg up turn on beam though as well. So. Yeah, are, are you still so? Um, is is um, floor then your favorite event, or do you have a favorite event? Well, bars one hundred percent. Bars. Um, if I had to choose another one. Uh, Mm, I really don't want to say beam because <laughs> <laughs> and it's like because that's the other event I do. But mm. honestly, like I'm not a huge fan of beam. Yeah. Um, but I'd probably have to say floor just because it definitely can show off your personality. Yeah, definitely. For yeah. sure. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank on the gymnast from UCLA. There's a bunch. Caitlin Ohashi. That one. Okay. Yes, Caitlin Ohashi. She hers went viral, you know. She oh yeah, the Michael some, Jackson routine. Yes. Of course. Yes, of Absolutely. course. Yes. Um so yeah, like you said, it really shows yeah, off personality. That definitely shows off her personality yeah. very well. What what would what would be yours? Like, oh, okay. I'm more of the graceful dancing. Okay. So I'm thinking more of like the pianos, like Swan Lake, that kind of stuff, like the mm-hmm. prettier stuff that's flowy and graceful. Mm-hmm. That's kind of more me. Um, 
nothing to like a beat like party time to yeah. deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like my personalities can be a little bit different than how I like to dance, but mm-hmm. the reason I like doing it like that is because um, I grew up with my club coach. She did ballet with us a lot, and I was actually always the best on my team like that did ballet, and I kind of just had a love for it whenever we did ballet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Is um, real quick before I want to touch on that ballet. Yeah. Um, can you show off your personality in bars at all? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely <You're> not. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say so unless you're just standing there dancing before you're presenting <laughs> to the judges. Yeah. I really don't think there's a good way to uh, show off your personality. Yeah. <laughs> um, so ballet. You said that you did ballet. Is that is that a typical path for gymnasts? Like, is ballet kind of something that a lot of gymnasts do? Um. It really depends on the club gym. Some do it, some don't. Um, like, do for, any require it? No. Or for dancing us, or some type of... Well, for I mean, for mine, we, we kind of had no choice, but it definitely helps with the little details of the artistry side of gymnastics like whenever you're on beam and you're doing the little dance parts you're going to focus on where your arm's going to be where your leg's going to be every single detail matters in ballet it's basically like the building blocks from Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. that's what you learn you know like how for a back handspring you have to know how to do a back bend you know what i mean it's it's like the little parts leading up to that yeah so So. kind of i think you kind of mentioned it kind of creates a foundation exactly if you will for for gymnastics Mm -hmm. But you, you kind of just went right into gymnastics? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you already have that fun? Were you, like, dancing as a kid and you just kind of... No, I actually <laughs> grew up very shy. Yeah? Really? I had a very shy personality. I probably didn't really... I, I mean, I wouldn't say I was isolated from people, but I just wasn't... I wasn't the one person who would just go out and start dancing. Like yeah. That. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I was really shy. Yeah. Um, I would say my personality definitely grew in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is that when you kind of... Gymnastics became a bigger, played a bigger role, and you kind of got a little more. Yeah, I would say uh, my freshman year was definitely a really heavy year for gymnastics. Yeah, heavy as in probably where most successes came. The success, okay. I didn't know if you meant heavy as in tough, and that made it. I mean, it was everything. Yeah, it was probably one of the worst and best years of my life. Yeah, Um, because of the hardships I went through Mm -hmm. was insane. Probably some of it I shouldn't have gone through, but I'm proud of myself that I did because yeah. it got me to international level. State. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, the hardships you went through, you you fractured your your back. Yes. Is that correct? Is that um, how how are you able to come back from that? That you know, was when half the moves or some of the moves you perform in gymnastics right, well, have the word back in it, you know, like a back bend. It was a very, very difficult process. And the fact that I actually had to do it multiple times was hard because I grew three inches like every time. So, so you broke your back, grew three inches or, you know, or grew. Pretty much. Yeah. Because like my, my back first started aggravating me when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And um, I had my first fracture then. And, it, you know, a few years broke it again, a few years broke it again. So it was just like it was really frustrating for me because I kept having to relearn gymnastics because whenever you grow, your timing changes. Everything yeah. changes. You know, whenever you do gymnastics, it's not something you can just throw yourself back into and just mm-hmm. be like, oh, I can do the skill. Like, no, your time is going to change when you're. Um, a lot taller like timing of your skills is going to change you have to be more patient you have to relearn everything you're doing so 
Jeez, yeah. And um, so you, you fra- did it fracture in the same spot every time, or were you kind of... It was all around the same area. I mm-hmm. had disc issues. I had my L5, my S1, um, part of my L4. So it was just all lower back. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to relearn. Why did you have to relearn the, the skills, per se? I mean... I mean, how would you kind of describe that? You knew how to do it. Right. It it didn't feel the same way. It would feel... Because you were taller. Yeah. It just felt different. All the timing was just really off. And, you know, you would really get in your head and be like, this just doesn't feel the same to me anymore. Like, I don't know if I could ever be the same again. Mm -hmm. Um, So you really have to have a strong mind whenever you're in that position because you got to want it, basically, Mm -hmm. because... I mean, if you don't want it enough, you're not going to be able to get there. It's just, it was really hard. Yeah. I do remember nights of me just, like, <laughs> thinking I'm probably never going to do it again. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm here now. Yeah, so I, right. You know. <laughs> yeah, and um, the big thing, I guess, when when thinking about gymnastics is body awareness. So when you're sitting here saying that you had to relearn stuff, you know, when you're flipping through the air, the amount of force that you use to flip at one point, you need to use more now probably to get to land on your feet or to do, you know, to go from a blind landing to one where you see the landing, you know? Yeah. And I mean, whenever you're talking about body awareness, like one thing I think about, like whenever you get hurt and you have to come back with girls, especially during those teen years, you know, you're hitting puberty, gaining weight really quickly. You're sprouting up. Your body's changing. Like it's it's not something that's really that's it's not something easy to get back. Mm -hmm. Um. And I mean, on top of that, sometimes your coaches aren't really the most helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, kind of ignored that. And I just followed what I had planned to do for me. Yeah. I mean, it was it, I've seen I've seen a lot of stories where it just never worked out and people just had to quit. But I'm just really glad I came over that adversity. Yeah. Thing. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. I just adapted to what was given to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah. So, yeah, you should be. I mean, that that's like you said, some people succeed with it and some people unfortunately don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome that you were able to, to, to succeed and you would not only compete here, but you competed in, on the Ecuador national team. Mm-hmm. Correct. So how, how did that kind of come about? Okay. So when I was 14, 13 years old, mm-hmm. uh, my mom was like, Hey, you know, you can get sit- uh, Ecuadorian citizenship, right? <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know where this came from. I didn't even know I was Ecuadorian. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, sure. Cool. She's like, yeah, you should just get your citizenship. Maybe you can even compete for them. Or who knows? You know, whatever. So we ended up getting that citizenship, and we actually reached out to the um, federal committee there for gymnastics, and um, the Ecuador coach there was like, um, yeah, you know, have her come down. We have nationals coming up. She can just – we can put her right in. We'll see how she fits in with everyone. She has to basically get top three if she wants to be on the team. Mm-hmm. At um, nationals? Yes. So that was the national competition there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that process was very vigorous because mm-hmm. um, we kind of found out later that year, like in October, and that meet was in February. So – we had to put we had to put together elite bar routine for me pretty much elite everywhere, um, and that was definitely something that was really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I did hit an unfortunate, like I had an unfortunate accident Mm -hmm. in December of that year as I was preparing and everything was going pretty well, getting my confidence ready for this competition. And then I actually um, amputated the tip of my finger um, at Six Flags. (laughs) Yeah. So that was a great Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. (laughs) Oh, no, it's fine. It's actually funny um, now. But um, at the time, it was very scary. I actually didn't even know at first that it was... um, like off. I had gloves on because it was actually one really cold day in Texas and um, it was raining and the gate got slammed on it. Um, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But um, long story short, um, they had to do a surgical procedure on it. And I, I told them, I was like, just don't even give me pain medicine. Just do it. Because I actually just wanted the credibility to say I did it without pain <laughs> medicine. So I'm basically amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though it was terrible. It hurt yeah. really bad. Um, but hey, yeah, I Props only to that. took... So I only really took um, like three weeks off and then I started training bars with nine fingers. <laughs> so I put it, I literally put it in a balloon, but it was okay. <laughs> so it was already like wrapped up. Yeah. Um, but it was like literally flesh. Like you could see the flesh. So you had to like wrap it with this crazy stuff the doctors gave me. And um, I mean, it was awful. I I don't know if you can put pictures up in there, but yeah. I have a picture of my hands and my finger. It was crazy 12 rips on me and my finger was in a balloon and I trained like that (laughs) yeah and um my coach actually had me stay later to Mm -hmm. to keep training because I had to get ready for this because it was in February and and like taking three weeks off of gym that's if you ask any gymnast that's an insane amount of time and come back that quickly and have a meet in February that's it's hard yeah so you said that kind of happened in December yeah, and then if Feb- I remember correctly, it should be December eighteenth, yeah, <laughs> and then a couple that. months later, like yeah, what, what, eight weeks later, you're yeah competing. And, yeah, and I mean, it was an amazing comeback story. And also, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my ankle was sprained as well, and my back was kind of broken. <laughs> oh so it was just a wow. whole bunch of things that I was taking on at the same time, um, and it was really, really hard on me. And I was also juggling. Um, school like mm-hmm. crazy because if you remember from back when we talked before I was um, gearing up to graduate high school early, early so I was taking a bunch of courses for school so mm-hmm. I mean everything was just a lot um, but you know even with my finger not even functioning <laughs> to work on the bar I ended up getting through my routine um, I got the highest late score that I ever got for a bar team, wow. and um, I came through first on all around and first on bars. Wow! At that um, Ecuadorian national competition, um, so I was proud to say the least. Yeah, for yeah. sure, <laughs> you should be. I mean, and out of all the events that you need your fingers, probably <laughs> bars are probably one of them. Well, They're the biggest yeah. one. You need to. Mm-hmm. You need. And which and finger was it? It was my index, my right index finger. And wow. it grew back because it actually, I it was so lucky. Back. I didn't get any of the bones, so I just had the flesh. The flesh just had to grow back. I have <laughs> pictures of the healing process and everything. Yeah. But when I tell you, it smelled so bad because it was human flesh. Yeah. Like, oh, what? it smelled so bad. And you just had it in a balloon this whole time. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so you the, just had a balloon on your. Okay. I had like the doctors molded this thing for me to wear, and um, 
they gave me this stuff to clean it with and you know I obviously I couldn't like well I had to put it in a balloon because if I'm gonna be on the bars and having chalk everywhere I can't get infected that's like wide open yeah yep, yep. like it had to be so protected so <laughs> yeah because we didn't want to lose a whole finger just <laughs> come on just yeah. a little bit yeah. right now we don't need any more <laughs> so um did you come how did you compete with it did you have that balloon or whatever oh, yeah. on it oh, while yeah. you were competing uh-huh oh yeah and i mean on top of that i had probably the worst hands you'll ever see yeah just have i mean it was insane um, when I came home, the, the, um, my club gym coaches actually framed the picture of my hands and was like, this is hard work. Yeah. You need to, like, yeah. you need to work this hard. And, um, I think one of the rec kids parents actually complained was like, this is like such graphic images for my <laughs> child to be seeing. So they had to take it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, <laughs> wow. So man, uh, how much do you. One last thing. How much of your finger did you think you probably... It was about right here. To like the first I mean, knuckle or I whatever. I honestly pull up a picture right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just something so traumatic. And like yeah. Because at the time, I didn't even know. I was like... Um, right, because you had your glove on, so yeah, probably adrenaline know. was going. Well, at first, I was just like... Um, Hey, I th- like I was with my friend. I was like, "Hey, Kayla, I think my I broke my nail." I was like, "I yeah. think I think I did something." And she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I'm like, "No, I think I actually did something." Yeah. But I can't really tell. <laughs> so, you just like pulled off your glove and there was your finger. Was like oh, uh, not exact actually. Oh my gosh, yes. Now that I remember, whenever I we got to first aid and they're like, "There's nothing we can do for you. You have to go to the hospital right now." There was like um, they were like, "Um, so you lost part of your finger. Like, I don't, we don't know how to tell you that yeah. nicely. That's what it looked like at first. But, okay. This was, like, the healing. Ooh. Or this was a week after they took everything off. And that was, like, the healing process. That's the straight yeah. flesh. Like, oh, yeah. Really. And that's what came off. <laughs> so, <laughs> and your fingernail and all. Oh, it was the entire yeah. thing. That's why they had to do that surgical procedure right away because they said my nail would never grow back uh, and it wouldn't have that protection. Does it look normal? Oh, it look, okay, well, I do have – it's a little diagonal at the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have fake nails on right now. Yeah. But it's a little diagonal and it's a little scarred at the top. Yeah. But um, other than that, it's normal. But yeah. it is um, a little sensitive when I – Yeah. Or whatever. It, it, it'll probably never feel the same. Yeah, it's, it's yeah probably it's just not. A yeah, right. Who needs just, a finger? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't. Well, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I want to keep mine. But uh, um, so you you mentioned quite a bit elite. Is that so? What what are kind of the levels you went through when you kind of were growing up, going through the gymnastics scene? You know. So for me, I started at level four. Most people. You started at level four. Is that yeah. high? Is that? That's pretty normal. Some people start at two. Mm-hmm. Um. No, you don't really ever hear of level ones. I don't even think that really exists, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't really hear about it. But um, you start, you go up the levels every year. Um, so, like, every year you turn another age, you turn another level. Um, so I probably got up to 10 when I was 14. Maybe, no, 13, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's kind of whenever I was also getting in new skills to put an elite routine together. And I mean, elite was never really in my path of what I thought until I had that Ecuador opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is like, I could go to the Olympics for this. And I actually did have that opportunity, but COVID shut that down. Oh, yeah. So basically, because I made the Ecuadorian national team, because, you know, I had that meet, Mm -hmm. it opened so many doors for me. I then went on to competing in the South American Games in Peru, Pan American Games in Argentina, and Pacific Rims in Colombia. So I went all around South America competing internationally for Ecuador. And that was just really fun, which actually, um, in Argentina, I met... Um, so Canadian national team, Emma Spence, who is now my teammate here. Really cool. Wow. Random. How (laughs) I know it was so crazy. Yeah. Um, I reached out to her one day and I was like, Hey, I think we might be teammates like this year. And she was like, what? It's crazy. (laughs) I was like, I know. (laughs) So yeah, it was crazy how we kind of knew each other and we bonded over that too. Yeah. In Argentina was when you met her and Mm -hmm. she was on the Canadian national team. Yes. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, right. That's yeah. crazy. Um, and when you say, so you, you were elite level, how did you become, like, how do you jump, go through the levels? Like, you have to hit a certain number or, um, well, um, you know. Whenever you're in J.O., they put your coaches, your club coaches would normally put you in this program called Hopes. And when whenever you're in Hopes, you have to qualify a certain score to um, to qualify for elite to mm-hmm. enter in elite competitions. Now, in Ecuador, there isn't as much of an established um, route to take. We're in Amer- like whereas America is a lot more structured mm-hmm. because there's a lot more people that um, are passionate about it here. Yeah. It's yeah. like more of a big thing here. Mm-hmm. So in Ecuador, it's not something that everyone's like, oh, yeah, gymnastics. Like you don't hear about that yeah. there. Um, they're more of like soccer or whatever. Yeah. That's more of their thing. So um, they didn't really care. They were just like, bring what she got and, mm-hmm. you know. We'll put her on as long as she's good enough, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, winning first all around was definitely like, all right, you're on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that kind of got you elite status? Yeah, it, it and that kind of, that transferred and over, if you will? I didn't even have to be, like, as amazing as, like, the Americans mm-hmm. were. Um, you know, I kind of just went in for, like, how good I could do elite and it, it you know, work through there yeah so and you know i know yeah we you, you say ecuador you know is more soccer but still to be on the national team you're still the, these oh women you're are, legit basically, yeah these you women know? are still good yeah you know? and i mean like we were just right there like my team um we grew so much together mm-hmm. um for like my team with ecuador yeah and um we actually had one more competition and that meet would have determined that our team goes to the Olympics or not. It got canceled because of COVID. So, and we would have been the first Bummer. team to go from Ecuador. So we would have made Ecuador history, basically. Bummer. I know. But, but it's okay because yeah. we're they're actually still working like back there on mm-hmm. their own and we're still supporting from afar. And, you know, I always keep in touch with Rosendo. He's my Ecuador coach. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're doing great and they're still preparing for competitions out yeah, there. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, to make history like that, that would have been... I meant cool. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we got another cycle coming up in a few years, so yeah, you know, 
It's true. Who knows? I on like I could if I wanted to. That's the that's the crazy mm-hmm. thing. I could prepare for the Olympics if I wanted to. I could go and compete for them. It's just like, do I really want to put that vigorous activity on myself mm-hmm. or not? Um, also, like, if I want, if I would have wanted to prepare for that, it would honestly contradict what I'm doing for college. Um, How so? Well, we're, well, when you're preparing for elite, you're kind of rearranging all your routines. You're training for something completely different than you are for college. College is a lot more simplistic, and elite is something a lot more complicated. Really? Yeah. Okay. That that's interesting um, because, like most other sports, you know, you college, you high school, college, professional, but gymnastics, it's maybe high school. <laughs> it's a little bit. It's a lot. It's you, a lot different, actually. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of you're supposed to actually peak right before college. It's not. Well, I mean. Your hardest level of mm-hmm. what you can do, you're peaking before college because in college, you're like I said before, you're trying to simple things down, just make it as perfect as possible. Um, so yeah. So, what what what's the difference then between college and and the elite? You know, how's that? Why are you making it simpler? Okay, so let's put it this way: on bars for elite, mm-hmm. you're gonna be doing probably about. 12 skills in one routine, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, college, let's see, how many do I have? I got like four skills. Why? That's just all you need. That's all the requirements. So <laughs> that's so in internationally, there's more requirements? So basically yeah, what, well, okay, on? so what you're trying to do with Elite, you're trying to get a lot more bonuses in your routines so that you have a higher start score value, and then you're going based off of that, and you're trying to do the best you can to not get deducted on that. So the more skills that you do, the higher your start's going to be, the better potential you are to overscore everyone else there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, yep, I, I see what you're saying. So you're in in elite or international, you have a start score where it's like this is my routine, this is what I'm doing, and then basically you only go backwards from there. This is the max amount of points you can get, right? That's more for college. Oh, that's for college. Yes. Okay. So elite, you're building from there. Okay. Like so you you try to get like past a certain point of um, like I want a sixteen point one start value. Like that is a really good start value. Or you know I want sixteen point five, which is a really crazy high mm-hmm. start value. Um, but you you have to build off of that by adding in a lot of combos, adding in. You know, more release moves, mm-hmm. adding in more tumbling passes. Like, that's why in Elite there's four tumbling passes than three or two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be a lot more. Yeah. So, What's the max score? There is no max score. There is no max score. Technically, I mean, if you're going to put in all these bonuses, yeah. I mean, you could technically be the next person to make it the highest if yeah. you wanted to. Um, but it's very difficult to yeah. do that. Yeah. So. Um, in college, what's the max score? 10. 10? Yep. 10. Okay. And so what's the max team score? 200. 200? But I mean, you know, um, that's never happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, so like when you look at team scores for gymnastics, everything is basically out of 200. Yes. In a way, mm-hmm. you know? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And so like what what do they normally get if you were to say? Um, 
I mean, are we uh, talking like 195? Is that pretty typical? Yeah, that's pretty you normal. Know? Um, 197, 198 is like really? the goal. Mm-hmm. That's like really, really good. Um, that's what we shoot for as a team. Yeah. And so what? when we look at team scores... What, what's a close team score as opposed to a lie, like a wide margin? Like I was looking at the team scores, and there was a couple where you you let's see, you won by point zero five. I've got a good example. So, just like this last meet with Illinois, mm-hmm. it was like one ninety five three and one ninety five five. Right. That is literally a step on a landing. That's how close. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's the littlest thing to a flex foot versus a point a pointed foot. Um, a pirouette on bar being 30 degrees lower mm-hmm. than it was supposed to be. That close. Um, because, I mean, if you take a tiny step on a landing, that's going to be half a tenth. Um, if you take a hop on a landing, that's one to two tenths. So it's it really comes down to minor details. Yeah, for sure. Every single thing counts. Yeah. Uh, and what? So you're trying to get 90 degrees? When you're doing bars, or is it, sorry, not ninety. Is it a hunt like one eighty? Yes. So you're trying to be straight up. Mm-hmm. And that's for everything you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah, and I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder every day. Yeah. I was like, sometimes I sit back and think, I'm like, we do that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think the point of it is is to make it look easy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a lot of people when they watch it, they're like, oh, wow, that's cool. But I don't think they realize how hard it actually is. Yeah, it it's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of training that goes um, behind that. A lot of conditioning, a lot of reps. Um, and, you know, getting your mind right is probably the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, you got to be in 110% if you're going to do the sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. How fun is it to like, so when you're training and you have that giant pit of just like those, those <laughs> I bet <cubes>. everyone <laughs> wonders that. Yes. We actually don't like it very much. Really? Why not? <laughs> well, um, I mean, it really just depends. I mean, sometimes, uh, I wouldn't say sometimes, I would really just not want to jump in there because yeah. you, when you jump in there, you're not getting out for a while <laughs> because you're climbing out and using, I swear, it's a workout trying yeah. to get out of that pit. Um, but there are different kinds of pits. Mm-hmm. Um, foam block pits are actually, mm, I would say they're funner yeah. than um, the, the foam blocks that we have. They're not really even foam blocks. Um, they're like these balls that are like um, silky, and you just sink right yeah. through them. So we have to have a rope that pulls you out, and the curve really? will pull you out. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's an endurance workout to get out Yeah. There. But, yeah. So what's the transition like from doing going into the the ball pit or whatever to actually going on a mat? Yeah. Well, it's funny you asked that because um, just this summer when I moved here, we were working on upgrading my dismount to a double layout, which I've never done before. But um, and because, and, I mean, part of that is because I've been told I'm too tall to do it um, and that it's just too difficult for me to actually whip my body around that quickly because I'm pretty tall. Is that going to take a while? Yeah. Is that um, is that pretty typical? 
Yeah. That you be so. that you get told quite often, like, oh, you probably can't do that because you're too tall. Yeah, my club coach definitely limited my skill options because she was like, it's just going to be easier if you if you did this mm-hmm. versus this. So, whenever Brian, um, my coach, my assistant coach, told me that. Um, he want he said he, he told me in the summer before I even committed he's like I'm gonna teach you that and I'm like really <laughs> are you now okay well let's let's see how this works so I started out in the foam pit and um, well you got to work on your technique to make sure you're actually getting your feet rotated enough to where you're not gonna land on your face if you put a mat in you know um, safety stuff yeah but, um, I mean it's really just working the technique and making sure you're gonna be able to land safely if you were to do it on a mat before you actually put one in. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? How do you train that on bars? Like, do you, are you on the bar? And then when you go, you like throw yourself into the ball pit. Yeah. I mean, basically your first few times trying that skill, you are just chucking yourself and hoping for the best. Yeah. And then you figure it out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But those first few turns are pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Gosh, when I think about doing the bars, is there like the hard hardest? Would you say they're all pretty equal? I mean, I feel like bars is pretty tough because you're holding on and you're like. Uh, so it's always been told bars and beam the yeah. hardest events, probably. Um, I mean, I would say floor is kind of. I wouldn't. I say, mean, they're all still difficult. Don't get me wrong. Exactly my point. Like they're all difficult in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but bars and beam have seemed to just stand out. Like since I've been growing up and like hearing about it, like everyone seems to say, like, I would say bars and beam are probably the most difficult. Ones. Yeah. You seem to always take the difficult. Oh, things. I, I always go the hard way because yeah. I, I want to feel it all. <laughs> yeah. Everything. It's, it's actually true. I want to, I want to go the hard way a lot of the time. I'm not really sure why I just, I like getting the hard perspective. Yeah. Maybe it's just because if someone takes the easy route, I'm like, hey, I took the hard route. I'm one step ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or one finger <laughs> or, ahead of you. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I really don't know. But. <laughs> um, so did you, um, we talked a little bit about a meet a, a little earlier. How does, how does one actually kind of work? Do you, you have your rotations. How many rotations do you normally have? Like in a meet? Yeah. We have four. So you have four rotations. So you go from vault to beam to bars, to all around, or not all around, but to floor, correct? So we actually have an order that we do. Okay. Um, so regular competition order is vault, bars, beam, floor. Um, and are you competing at the same time as the other team? Yes. So while, so if it's a home meet, mm-hmm. you're going to be competing on vault first. The opposing team is on bars first. Okay. If we're away, we start on bars, They and then the home team would start on vault, and then you switch off mm-hmm. that way. Then do you know, like, do you know how well they're doing? Or do you don't even really care? You're just worried about. Okay, so um, Heather Brink, we we talk, we we go over values every day right after practice, and although it can get boring, we mm-hmm. we know that every time we speak about it, it it has a purpose, and you know we're getting better that way. But she did touch up on that, and she's like, I don't want you guys to look at the scores at all. I want you guys to stay focused on what the team is doing and what that person needs. Whoever is going, focus on what they need at that moment and don't worry about anything else. The scores will come as you're working and staying in the moment. So she never wants us to look at the scoreboard until the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you'll be competing and you. She actually tells us to like turn our back yeah. to the team. Like, don't even, don't give them anything mm-hmm. pretty much. Like, just ignore them completely. Yeah. And do now, do you all do how many? 
team members are there at a time in a meet for you? Um, what do you mean by that? So, um, you only do bars, right? Are you the only one that does bars? No. So we'd, uh, okay. So there's six girls that are put up on every single event, unless you have an exhibition, which are just basically girls that'll go up and compete, but it technically doesn't count for a team score. Mm -hmm. It's just for the coaches to see how they'll do under pressure. They usually do that a lot with freshmen. Yeah. Um, so they'll put up six on every event, and they'll count top five scores. And that's what they add to the team all around. Okay. So everybody competes on all on all four. Um, okay. Well, let me – I think I know what you're trying to say. Um, so whoever can do those six, like those six, uh, four events, mm-hmm. they're going to put you up as long as you're the best six. Because, I mean, we have maybe – uh, just about everyone trains on beam um, on our team, but Heather's going to put up our best top six, the best top seven or whatever um, to go up and compete for us. And then, you know, we kind of just got to do what we can on our part who aren't competing mm-hmm. and help them get whatever they need to do their best because ultimately we're all aiming towards one goal. So can it be like, is it a different six on each event, or is it the same six on each event? Nope, you can change it up. So it's going to be um, per event. So mm-hmm. like how I only do bars, really, mm-hmm. um, they're going to put me up on bars. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go and compete for vault if I haven't trained vault, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're going to put people up who, you know, I've been training those events. Yeah. Dang. So how many, how many uh, women do you have on a team? So right now we have 18. 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Huh, I'm a little surprised. I, I guess I thought it'd be a little more because you can put six different on. There's four events. Well, you got that's, six. That's why you kind of have to have your stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Um, kind of like how you were talking with wrestling. Like, you know, some, one, one person could be, yeah, like you're up. Like you always got, like everyone's got to be tip top shape all the time. Um, because you never know. Someone could get hurt and you're in. I mean, the very first meet for me, this is a good example. Um, Which was against BYU. No, this was um, – actually, yes, this was our first home meet. Um, so Kenzie Roby ended up getting hurt, and she was in bar lineup. I had just had COVID. I was just getting back. Mm-hmm. And Coach Heather told me, she was like, we're going to try to have you ready end of January so that you can be ready to compete potentially end of January, early February mm-hmm. from, like, coming back from COVID because it – um, kind of took me a really long time to get back from like that kind of flu type thing. Yeah. Um, so I was mentally prepared. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to think about a month. I said, I'm going to get ready in two weeks. Yeah. I'm going to surpa- surpass what her expectations are because I want her to know, like I'm committed to this team and I want, I want to get in that lineup yeah. basically. And I want to show what I can do. So I was like, I'm going to get ready in two weeks. So I did everything I could diet, sleep. <laughs> I mean, everything to just get back as soon as possible. And even with that mindset, I still wasn't quite there yet, even at the time of that meet. But day before, two days before that meet, um, Kenzie Roby got hurt. Mm-hmm. I was next up. Yeah. I had no choice but to go up. And what does she normally do? She's it, an all-rounder. Okay. She can do all of them, but sometimes she's in, sometimes she's not on others. It just depends on how uh, practice is going that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it works with our all-arounders. But um, 
I had to go up regardless. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just like, well, thank God. (laughs) I prepared myself mentally to Mm -hmm. actually go up in two weeks because that was really all I had at that moment. So things can happen like that. Yeah. And what did you end up competing in in that? I did bars. You did bars? Okay. Dang, yeah, you you were ready and you don't even really think about it. Like when it comes to gymnastics, like – people don't, I don't think, understand what might happen if somebody gets hurt and who's up next and they don't understand all that that goes Mm -hmm. into it. But it's it's just like, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and coming back from COVID, um, fatigue probably set in like just because you're not doing a endurance sport like uh, cross country or something like that. The endurance mean- levels are definitely different. Yes, <laughs> but but it's still endurance nonetheless, you know. Exactly. I mean, especially with bars, it's all upper body and you're yeah. going upper body for about a minute, 30 seconds around there. Yeah. Um, depending on the routine. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely nothing like a cross country mm-hmm. meet or whatever. But still, I mean, yeah, you're hang. I mean, I probably couldn't hang on bars for a minute and a half if I just was hold on. Like, I'd- yeah, and I mean, not only that, not only you're, um, you're not only you're working your upper body. I mean, you're focusing on your technique, your skills, what you're doing. Um, it's all about the mental state. At yeah. That point too. Yeah. Sheesh. That's it's just. I can't even imagine. I guess like, <laughs> it's one. It's one sport like I couldn't even imagine doing or being good at it. I just, I watch it's, it in amazement. Just it's like, definitely wow. something you'd have to grow up with and yeah. learn the sport as you go on. Yeah. yeah. Um, what age did you start? Did you say? So I was three going on four. Or three. Is that pretty typical for a gymnast? Um, I would say I started typically kind of early, but I mean, there are some that start around six, five. That's per, that's more of a normal yeah. area, but I mean, I kind of was just in and I was like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. One other thing here. Um, what coaches would you say have kind of impacted your life? I know we kind of touched on it earlier about, you know, going okay. through your injury issues. I would definitely say very first one would be Ryan Roberts. He mm-hmm. is now the coach at Alabama um, right now. And they're good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, he definitely impacted me a lot. He, he made me the best gymnast that I possibly could be. Mm-hmm. Um, put me at the elite level when I was 14. Got me, like, traveled with me to Ecuador to compete. So he was definitely a big factor into why I'm here now. Um, I would say him. Tatiana Shadenko has been my mother, my yeah. other mother, <laughs> since I was um, six years old, um, since I went to Woga. Um, she's always been there. I mean... She taught me everything I know how to do on all of pretty much all of the events. Um, she's been there for me from when I was six till I graduated. Yeah. So she was just kind of always there. Yeah. Um, and then I would say Brian Amato, my assistant coach now, for really buying into me and the process of me coming here. And I feel like it has been fun for him to see me change and grow into this atmosphere because, um, I mean, he even taught me how to do a double A when everyone said I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So that actually meant everything to me. Yeah. So definitely someone who's impacted my life heavily as well. Yeah. And he's your assistant coach now. Yes. So So is that kind of, he is my bar coach as well. So he, he is specifically here for bars. Yeah. So, yeah. And is that, so is that kind of how you kind of got over here to Nebraska? Mm-hmm. Bars pretty much took me here. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> Was he the coach before? 
Um, he was here last year, and before that, he was a coach at Oregon State. Ooh, cool. Okay, were you kind of looking at going there too, or nope? Were you even looking at going to like Division One for I for gymnastics, was. or I was. Um, but I, I, I would say I wasn't as passionate about it my senior year. I kind of, like, lost faith in myself. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very it was very hard coming off of injuries. Yeah. Again, like, I, I was just thinking maybe this isn't put out for me. Maybe God's telling me something else. But really, I just had to be patient. And, I, I, I mean, honestly, I put all my faith into God's hands, and I was just like— you know what this is my situation I'm putting it on you 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 lead the way for mm-hmm. me and that's kind of what happened I mean Hallie talked to Brian for me and um kind of was just like you should talk to her and you know it really just worked I wasn't even really talking to anyone else like mm-hmm. I was kind of just like all right well I guess I'm talking to Heather now I mean I started talking to Heather like May March it was March of last year, and like not Which even is really a year late. ago. Oh, yeah. so late! My senior year—that's that's very late. Yeah. Um. So not even a year ago, I didn't know I was coming here. I, I wasn't even talking to the coaches. I didn't know who Heather was. I didn't know who Brian was. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. So it's just it, my life really changed yeah. quickly. So I live here now. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> dang. So, um, it sounds like yeah, you kind of hit a rough patch where. I think a lot of athletes can relate. Oh, absolutely. Where, I feel know. like I, I, it definitely happened a lot in the high school period mm-hmm. for me. And that's honestly probably the worst area to hit it in. Yeah. Because that's agreed. when you're supposed to be sprouting and that's when you're supposed to be, um, you know, getting recruited. Like, yeah. And with gymnastics, it's kind of different because. Um, yeah. What is the recruiting like? Well, well, a good example, Louisa Blanco, who's at Alabama now, coached under Ryan Roberts. She committed to Alabama in eighth grade. Jeez. So the you can do that that early. If the process started pretty early, yeah. Um, I think I think now they've changed the rules to, um, you know, junior and senior can only, can come on visits. Now, yeah. Um, but they can still like talk or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they changed that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, also the fact that like you know, like sometimes you're making that decision way too early and you're yeah. not really fully embracing what it's all about and you mm-hmm. don't really know about that until you're a little older and you're like you know do I even want to go here yeah so I think it's I think that's also important factor yeah. to do and then you feel a little in a way kind of pressure because you already said yeah. you were going to go there mm-hmm. and so like exactly um, and it's like well I don't want to be like hey I don't I like I don't really want this anymore right whatever. like that that's just awkward at that yeah point. right so. yeah. yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I agree that, and you just committed last year, so that's that's Mm -hmm. kind of all new to you. Oh, yeah. But it's awesome that you found your way here. Mm -hmm. Um, One one thing I want to ask you, I noticed or I found out that you can do um, a loud noise with your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that something you could demonstrate? (laughs) Holy shit. Even I wasn't expecting it to be that loud. Holy cow. That's too funny. Did his research. (laughs) That kind of scared me. I was, I don't know, for some reason I still wasn't. Yeah, yeah. uh, On the video I watched it, it it sounded loud, but man, I think we're in this room and just. (laughs) Yeah, it really echoed. Echoed, yeah. Do it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Holy cow. 
So, broke your back. You can do a lot of noise with your tongue. I you can solve a Rubik's can cube. Can solve a Rubik's cube, really? Yes. How how fast can you do that? Uh, the fastest I've done it was like in about a minute. Really? Mm-hmm. What's the What's the key? Because I always see those videos that people can do it. What? Um, I go layer by layer. So I do the top layer, second layer, and then the third. <laughs> <laughs> in a minute. Is that like the mm-hmm. fastest? Nice. That's the fastest I've done it. Yeah. Um, I bet if I like trained, I could. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I don't really like spend my free time yeah. doing that right now. So. What What do you do in your free time? Um. Okay. Well. Okay. Hold on. I guess one thing that I could point out from back home, because I, I, I guess I didn't mention I was out for like a year every time I broke my back. Right. Yeah. Um. Or at least it took me that long to of get course, back. Of course. Yeah. Um, so in that time, um, I actually started modeling. So I did a lot of work there. And um, because of that, I actually found a love for it. And also because of that, I actually wanted to major in fashion and merchandising because I got into fashion a lot. Yeah. Um, and now I want to go to law school. So uh-huh. I didn't work. But yeah, <laughs> bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a little change there. Yeah. But um, it's actually something I would want to do one day after college, like part time or whatever, because I actually do enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Um, so I found a love for that. Um, I actually love writing a lot. Um, I know back in high school, I haven't been able to do as much now because my my schedule has been crazy heavy ever since I got here. Mm -hmm. But um, I love to write poems. And I I am actually in a few classes where I do get the opportunity to write some. I just wrote one, actually, um, for my communications class. But I do love writing poems. Yeah. Um, What else? Do you have a poem you want to... Do you have the poem with you? You want to... Or if you remember it's it. It's actually on my paper. Oh. But <laughs> That's all right. I know I know <laughs> I have some yeah. on my phone. I just don't know where they yeah. are. What kind of what kind of poems? Like Oh man, they're actually really dark. Yeah. Like very emotion filled, I yeah. would say, because I would only write if I'm really sad. Yeah. Pretty much. So I feel like that was kind of my way of um pouring that emotion out. Yeah. I, I just love to write about it and it helped me get it out of the yeah. system. Yeah, that's, you know, therapy. They tell me that all the time, that mm-hmm. you should journal or you could write or, you know. Yeah, I do have a passion for music as well. I, yeah. I love music, uh, specifically rock music, <laughs> the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like huh? Green Day and Nirvana. I yeah. love them. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I grew up on 80s and 90s rock. Mm-hmm. My dad will attest to that. He still listens to it, and I give him a hard time about it. <laughs> so, um, Green Day, though, hey, that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Pop punk. That's my favorite. Yeah, Green Day is? Uh, yeah, either Green Day or Guns N' Roses or Nirvana. That's yeah. Hard. That's yeah. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, could, you, could you pick one if you could? Holiday. Holiday? Yeah. I actually did an entire English assignment <laughs> over that. An English video. assignment over it? Yep. <laughs> what was it about? Um, it was like a video analysis or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally wrote every detail about what was, what was happening, why it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think like the visual points here? Like what is it portraying? Like, you know, every yeah. single detail. <laughs> oh, cool. So yeah. Um Love Green Day, by the way. Um 
So when are your, your Big Tens? Do you have Big Ten championships coming up here? Yeah, so that's going to be actually in April. So it's not technically – it's coming up, but, mm. I mean, it's not, like, right around the corner. Yeah. Um, we still got a long ways to go. Yeah. During, like, and, you know, like, we're, we're just getting barely maybe into the middle of the season. Yeah. So um, this is kind of, like, the enduring process where we're just – we just got to keep going and try to improve every meet. Yeah. But Big Tens is going to be in April. Mm-hmm. So. And where's that at? Not actually sure right now. <laughs> Got to look <laughs> at the right, schedule. Yeah. I kind of just like I kind of prepare a few weeks in advance for what's coming up. Yeah. I don't know. What to <laughs> well, your next meet, your next meet is is what Monday. Yep, that'll be against Ohio State. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And so, where do you guys compete at? We'll be at home. Like where? What do you do at the Bob Devaney or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the arena. Yeah. And Bob Devaney. Yep. And people should come check it out. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. I know. It's I really know. fun. Like yeah. people should actually come. They're actually really fun. Yeah. I know at one point they did um they used to do a wrestling meet at the same time. Oh yeah. I think is that supposed to be I feel like that's supposed to be a thing this year, but okay. maybe not. Because it used to be. Yeah. Um so I didn't know if they were still mm-hmm. doing that. And I know they're doing men's and women's at one point too. Oh really? Like those combined, I think they should be doing yeah. that too. What what's what's cool about it? What makes it fun for well, a spectator? I, you mean as like to watch a gymnastics yeah. meet? I mean, just to see things I don't see every day yeah. is pretty cool. I mean, if you're talking about basketball, I mean, you could see that on the playground somewhere. Yeah, soccer, you could see that. But if you're talking about beam floor bars, like you're like, whoa, like that's different. You don't see that every day. You don't see a beam on the grass yeah. somewhere. The playground. <laughs> right. like, you know, like I think I think it's a very authentic sport, and what makes it so special is not everyone can do it. Yeah, you can't just pick up a basketball, try to throw it. Like, no, these are like legitimate skills that you yes. have to learn since you're. A baby, much. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I feel like I struggle with it because, yeah, it's not something. It's hard to wrap around your head. It like, is. How do you, you're literally going against gravity right now? Yes. Science. Like, what are you doing? In how? a straight line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why I just it's it's fun to watch. Um, Monday. What time on Monday? That's gonna be at seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Seven o'clock. And it's pink. What is it? It's, we uh, had the pink meet. Um, Against Illinois on Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think we have a theme this one. Oh, okay. Maybe we do. I'll have to check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on, chatting about gymnastics. Yeah, of course. I think, Thank you I for think, having me. Yeah, you're welcome. I think it was insightful, I would say. Yeah, I hope you learned a few things. <laughs> I did, yeah. Of course I did, yeah. yeah. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll, hopefully we get a little more recognition and people at the meet on on Monday and going forward. So, all right. Well, thank you, and we'll catch you next time. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to this bonus episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest Genesis Gibson and to Megan Straub for being a liaison and coordinating the interviews. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time.